Hello, everybody. My name is Nicholas Harris, and I am the Senior Analyst and Program Head for the Program on State Resilience and Fragility at the New Lines Institute for Strategy and Policy. I am joined today by Kaylee Thomas, who is the Associate Fellow in the Middle East Security Program at the Center for New American Security. Kaylee, there's been a lot of attention paid recently to Israel's air campaign against Iran and Syria. So what is the significance of this air campaign? Yeah, taking a, a step back to begin with, this air campaign that Israel has um, conducted over the past several years in Syria really began in earnest in 2017. And I think in many ways is an example uh, a relatively successful example about how to counter Iran in the gray zone without kind of, you know, further escalating regional tensions into full-scale conventional conflict. Um, and so far, Israel has been pretty successful in, you know, striking Iranian uh, targets and other targets um, that pose a risk to Israel and Syria without provoking too much of a kinetic response. Um, and you and I even were co-authors on a report when you back when you were my colleague at CNAS on countering Iran in the gray zone and kind of lessons that could actually be learned from these Israeli air campaign in Syria. Um, and one of those lessons that I think is kind of interesting to be, you know, a useful lens looking at the recent increase in um, op tempo of these airstrikes is we acknowledge that Israel was really willing to take calculated risks during this campaign, this effort, including kind of recognizing that there's a large space between no kinetic action at all and, you know, full-scale war. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are about, you know, have you seen and do you believe that Israel is taking greater risk these days as we've seen tensions increase between Israel and Iran? Well, Kaylee, I think one of the interesting dynamics that we see is that, you know, as the world's attention was fixated on the COVID-19 crisis, the Israelis actually increased their off-tempo in 2020 um, with more than 500 airstrikes in various different places in Syria. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that Iran has essentially jumped from power vacuum to power vacuum in the Middle East whether it was Iraq, Lebanon, Yemen, and now Syria. And the Iranians fundamentally are trying to build a permanent military infrastructure inside Syria, uh, embedded as much as they can within the state structures of the Assad regime, as a way to have uh, enduring and durable pressure that they can apply on Israel. Now, in, in the challenge for the Israelis is that the Iranians are upgrading Lebanese Hezbollah's missiles to be precision-guided missiles and precision-guided munitions at the same time that the Iranians are also uh, seeking to build multiple and redundant precision-guided munition factories throughout Syria. This is a huge problem. So as the Israelis try to attrite the Iranian presence uh, with more strikes, and more expansion of strikes to include Iraq, there is a real risk that the Israelis are going to get uh, diminishing returns. And the fundamental question for Israel moving forward is this. Can they use air power alone to prevent the Iranians from actually making it impossible for the Israelis to uproot Iran's forward military presence in Syria and Lebanon? And I don't think the Israeli general staff has an answer to that. 
And that could be, in some respects, even more of an existential question to Israel than even Iran's nuclear program, which in theory can be constrained by the international community. So I'd like to ask you, Kaylee, based on the report that we did and some of the very interesting analysis that you provided us that report, what are some of the lessons that the United States can learn from the Israeli approach and can it be applied in other places in the Middle East? Yeah, well, to your last point, I mean, I think one of the lessons is be realistic about what a limited tactical campaign can achieve and then curtail it when it no longer is generating the outcomes that you desire. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, when and how a campaign like the one Israel is conducting ever comes to an end. But I think when the U.S. is considering how to counter Iran uh, in the gray zone, that's really important to consider that kind of pragmatism about what that limited tactical campaign is trying to achieve. I think right now, the U.S. presence in the Middle East is kind of focused on more conventional deterrence when it comes to Iran. So I think that could be a primary lesson, especially as we're seeking to kind of pair that deterrence with also, you know, diplomacy and returning to the negotiating table and attempt to reach a diplomatic resolution um, to curtail Iran's nuclear program. Well, I think that's a really excellent point that you raise, Kaylee, about sort of the U.S. presence in the Middle East moving forward. And I do think my own personal assessment is that as the U.S. looks to re rearrange its military assets globally and to pivot to Asia and to confront Russia in its international activities, that more and more and more of the burden to counter Iran and other actors in the region will fall to regional partners such as Israel. And I want to offer you the last word, yes or no, will the, the Israeli campaign succeed? Well, success is relative. I think that was one of the points of our report. So who knows? <laughs>